California. And I'm Brooke Lewis from Vancouver, Canada. And I'm Joanna Boyd from Vancouver, Canada. And I'm Chris Boyd from Vancouver, Canada. And I'm uh, Joanna's brother. Oh, you are. Right on, right on. Well, welcome everybody. Here it's October. It's getting colder out there. We in the States are starting to wear sweaters and, and things like hats. You guys in Canada are wearing something called a toque. Is that right? You bet. That is right. What so in the world I, is a toque? I believe that you Americans call them beanies. Beanies. Okay, when I think of beanie, I think of a little thing that goes on top of your head. And sometimes there's like a little thing and a propeller that spins around from the top. You know those things? <laughs> so if it's, so it's, not a, yeah. if it's not a beanie, then what is it? Like a cap or a hat? Uh, like what do you put on when you go out in the snow or you go skiing? Okay, you're talking about like a, a wool or cotton, like a knit. Um, yeah. Just a round so, thing that goes over your head. There's not like a bill or a brim on it, right? It just goes over no. the top of your head. Yeah, yeah we call that a cap. Or, uh, uh, yeah, a, a cap. I think that's what we call that's it. That's it. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe there's, yeah, beanies tend to have a little different, yeah, connotation to them. So mm-hmm. tell me about toques. Sometimes they have pom poms, sometimes they don't. Is that right? That is correct. Only yep. the cool ones have pom poms. Okay. Some can be very just like fit right kind of to your head and some could be more slouchy. Some people like to wear some so it has extra material. Okay. Um, like the sound of that. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys know cold weather better than we do. So I think you guys are the experts. We should all be calling them toques. That's it. And yeah. Brooke makes them. I sure do. You do? <laughs> Is this a plug? Are you? Do you have an Etsy store or something that you want to sell them? I don't. I don't have an Etsy store. No. <laughs> but I do crochet toques. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Canadian content here tonight. I'm also going to make a plug. Chris, what's on your T-shirt? It is of Terry Fox. That's Canadian content. Who is Terry Fox? <laughs> Who is Terry Fox? Terry Fox is like a uh, kind of a local hero up here in the Vancouver area. I would say Canada as well, I guess, right? And uh, yeah. as a young man in his early 20s, he was diagnosed with cancer. And to uh, raise awareness and funds, he decided to run across Canada. So he started off in the East Coast and made it through most of Ontario before he uh, got too ill to carry on. But he was uh, very inspirational and he actually went to uh, SFU, the university that um, Joanna, Brooke, and I did our undergrad at. So Simon so, Fraser University, right? Simon Fraser, yeah. So anyways, up across our country, we have these Terry Fox runs to raise before. What? What? You, we lost a little bit. research and yeah. treatment. Chris, you're a robot. <laughs> yes, you're a robot today. 
Raising funds for cancer research. Oh no. Got it. <laughs> so the one thing too with Terry Fox is that he actually had one leg amputated. So he actually ran across Canada, right? He had, yeah, yeah with actually just, yeah. One, one leg, one and, leg one... and one prosthetic. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So he really, it was a quite a slow, anyways. So yeah, there's yeah. like Chris was saying, Terry Fox runs by all the local schools and money raised for cancer awareness. He, he had cancer. He had a leg amputated because of that cancer. Yeah. And then, and then ran across Canada. Uh, yeah. I, yep. Wow. A good, a good portion of Canada. Not, uh, didn't make it the whole way, but wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and also or most of Canada, most, most of, of Canada. Canada before he passed away. Uh, how long ago was this? Um, was in the 70s? In the 70s? Well, is that right? We're all Googling. We should know this. Can was, you it just, was it just the 40th? Was it just the 40th anniversary? It, I can't recall. But. Uh, the, the, it was the in point. 1980. He was in 1980 ah, when 40th, he yeah. Yeah, embarked on his east to west coast Canada run. Yeah. Now, so I've, I've known you guys hero. for a while, and, and I've heard a lot about Terry Fox. I've probably seen that t-shirt before. But that, that's the thing that gets to me is, is not only was he a hero, but 40, it's happened 40 years ago and we're still talking about it. I mean, that's really yeah. incredible. And that's he, was, a, he was only 22 when he passed away. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So oh. he's, there's a local school named after him and everything. So. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, okay. Well, there, there we go. Here's His the legacy lives on. Yeah, it does. And. I, if I'm not mistaken, here in early October, you guys have a holiday coming up. We have one too, but you guys have a holiday coming up. What is that holiday? Gobble Gobble Day. It's Turkey Day, Thanksgiving, Canadian Thanksgiving. It's this weekend. This weekend. Yes. Like the like the tenth of October. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second Monday of October. The second Monday. So okay. the holiday is yeah Monday the twelfth. The twelfth. Oh my gosh. So, so Joanna. Yes. Yeah, so, so Joe, I think you should do your best uh, turkey call right now. <gasps> we we didn't hear so. <laughs> That's all dial, I got. dial it back a little bit. Give it us one more time. Okay, I'm just gonna try to. Oh, oh God, it's it's pretty good. That's pretty good. All Is right. I think that's uh, yeah. some of it came through, but it was yes. So the high pitch comes through, and then the the little part does it like fogs out. Oh, so good though. Bad. It's good. <laughs> that's really good. I'm I'm always surprised because you know ours is third week in in November, right? We're a long ways away. We're very. Very much uh, a lot of separation, but yours is also not quite as big a deal as ours, right? That's right. Here? Still good. Like it's all Definitely. about the food. A lot of families gather, you get, you get lots of food for sure. Um, but definitely it's a bigger holiday in the States mm. by far. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. When, when I was a kid, I think Christmas was my favorite. And as I've gotten older, I think Thanksgiving is now my favorite just because yeah. Less, less consumerism, more just, you know, family and eating a great meal and having a good time together. I just really enjoy that a lot. And some football too, right? You watch football all day. Yeah, sure. Football, weather's great. It's, it's usually a really nice time. 
Cool. Well, happy Thanksgiving from Thank America to Canada. She will return the favor at some point. <laughs> and uh, let's get to our ambush. Ambush is where one of us comes up with the topic and the rest of us have to kind of deal with it. We got to address this topic. So I don't know what the topic is. I think it's, is it Chris who has the topic tonight? It's me and it's coming your way via okay. text message. Text message coming my way. I don't know what it is. Can we get a drum roll, please? Or a gobble, maybe? <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Oh. All right. Speaking of speaking of speaking of Joe, here we go. What do you consider to be a bad habit? What can you do to change those bad habits? Hmm. Habits, everybody. Habit time. Okay. I'm ready to tackle this one. Let's dive okay. in. Sure. Okay, so we all have habits, right? Habits are routines, things that we do on a consistent, regular basis that um, sometimes they've just sort of worked their way into our regular system, like get up in the morning, go to the bathroom, go take a shower, brush your teeth, all the, whatever the things that you do on a consistent basis that sometimes are kind of mindless that you just do automatically. A lot of those things are healthy. Some of them are not so healthy. They're not so productive. They don't help us uh, improve personally or relationally or emotionally. And uh, I think we can think of some examples of what a bad habit might be. Some of the obvious ones being like, you know, like smoking is not such a, it's not a good habit. There's no real benefits to smoking, right? But people kind of get into that and then there's addictive quality to that as well with the nicotine. Um, drinking falls into the same category. Sometimes people get into other more social things like a, uh, a bad habit of gossiping or just kind of uh, general negativity towards other people. Um, so I'm just kind of just starting, starting the ball rolling here. What, what do you guys think of, what do you consider to be bad habits? Yeah, I guess I think of habits and it's something that's happens on yeah a regular basis and some habits are, Conscious, some might be a bit subconscious, uh, but for me, I think of bad habits when it comes to, oh boy, maybe not for me personally, but it could just be certain eating habits or, um, yeah, obviously the things like you said, smoking, but um, I might be habitually late or habitually not mm. get enough exercise or I don't know. I don't know if that would be considered that what you guys would think, but like, like the lack of exercise being a bad habit. I guess so. Mm -hmm. Getting to, yeah, I think, yeah. Why not? I think so. Okay. And this is an interesting question, I think, cause it, as, as mental health experts here, we, it starts to get into areas of like impulse control and like, uh, you know, what, uh, what might be sort of self-sabotage, mm -hmm. you know, different areas that might be um, 
you know, punitive, maybe something that you're doing to yourself, you're not even maybe aware of that's bad for you, but you know, you, you always keep going for the wrong relationship or something like that, right? Maybe even unconscious on that level. For sure, I think, let me know if I'm freezing a bit because uh, my feed's cutting out a bit, but um, I think often we set out to have healthy habits in regard to sleep and nutrition and exercise and, and connection and, and work and whatnot. And sometimes it, things don't play out the way that we want them to, right? So things kind of get in our way in regard to that. So I think, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, the definition of well-being or wellness, if something is impeding on that, then, you know, that bad habit that we've developed. I think you cut out a little bit, but uh, I think we got an Can idea. Can you repeat that last sentence, Chris? Um, I'm just saying if uh, something impedes on our intention um, of maintaining healthy uh, wellness or I'm not, I'm not sure what I said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if something impedes in our goal of having a healthy, balanced routine, then it might stem from an a unhealthy habit. Mm. Okay. Okay. Brooke, what do you think about this? Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. My first thought actually went to when does an unhealthy habit become sabotage or addiction? Mm -hmm. And apparently I'm big with defining what different things are because that seems to be my topic default too. So when is a, an unhealthy habit actually addiction or sabotage? But um, I think habits are, are behaviors or routines or structures that we end up getting into that are automatic or mindless mindless routines that we get into. So it might be an unhealthy habit to have a snack while you're watching Netflix at nighttime. Or maybe it's um, a habit being on social media during certain times and it's not really providing you anything. So we're not even paying attention to, are we enjoying this? activity? Is it providing us purpose or meaning? Is it providing us joy? We're just doing it for the sake of doing it in an automatic way without paying attention to if it's benefiting us or not. And often I think in that part, it's probably not benefiting us. Some of these things might be harming us, but some other things maybe are just like, just not contributing to a greater good in any way. Mm. I have a little illustration of this, which is kind of fun. Um, when we will watch movies together as a family uh, a lot of times, and we usually have uh, popcorn with our movies, right? And my, my youngest son is, is uh, he's a big creature of habit, right? He really, really likes his routines, like in, in many different ways, like where we sit at the dinner table, he kind of wants us all to sit in the same place and little things like if this, then that, it kind of has to be that way. Um, and the other night, uh, was talking with my kids and say, Hey guys, let's watch a movie tonight. And he said, Oh, we can't watch a movie. I said, well, well, why not? I said, well, cause we don't have any popcorn. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's, it's when it gets to that point where it's like, if, you know, if you can only have this with that, um, then then you know that that habit has a lot of power. It has a lot of hmm. control over you. And I'm not pathologizing my kid. I mean, he just kind of associates popcorn with movies. He's like, oh, those two have to go together. But if you get to a place where you are 
uh, constantly, you know, whenever you feel sad, you have to have a drink, Just then, okay. then I think that becomes problematic, right? Mm -hmm. um, if, if you, if you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm stressed out. So therefore I, I need to smoke some pot or something like that. Then we know that it's, it's a, a habit that is maybe, um, you know, clouding a, a deeper issue or, or, or helping to avoid a deeper issue. So it's, if it's, a and then it's helping yourself recognize, okay, am I doing this to relieve something or even when people might shop to relieve stress or, yeah, um, sure. or go to smoking or eating junk food or fast food. Um, there, that's more usually bad habits probably or the biting of the fingernails. Like there's almost some under something underlying. There we go. Biting of the fingernails is a great example. Sure. And that's a very unconscious thing for many people as well. Like they're just not, they mindlessly are, are, chewing their fingernails and they realize it later. Oh, wow. I'm down to the, you know, I'm bleeding or something. Right. Yeah. And that's a habit that is, uh, you kind of have to look at the, what, what, what's the fruit of this habit? Is it actually productive or not? Some people will have the habit when I'm stressed out, I go for a walk, you know, or I call up a friend or something like that. That's a pretty good habit to have, I would imagine. Or like cleaning. Some people might consider that a... Mm -hmm. There you go. I'm wondering though, like at that point, are we jumping into um, a little Adlerian territory of purpose behind behavior? So if... Adlerian, have... let's just pause for a second. Al Albert Adler? Alf Alfred. Alfred. Alfred, sorry, AA, I always put those together. Alfred Adler. A. Yeah, Alfred Adler, a uh, a psychologist that uh, basically invented everything. So, he's, <laughs> so Adler things associated with Adler, Adlerian. So, what what is the Adlerian concept we're talking about here, Brooke? Yeah, so it's it's purpose. So Adler was a big fan of what is the purpose behind the behavior, and so I'm just hmm. you know, and Ryan, like we're talking a little bit about that right now for habits. Um, but if we were to look at nail biting or smoking or whatever redeeming as a negative, because we're looking at, well, is this a, a, a purpose for you? Chances are there is a purpose, even for the negative habit. And it, it's probably a positive purpose. So it's uh, reducing anxiety yes. or distraction or um, like there, there's always a purpose to the behavior. It's serving a function. And we want to take a look at that. So sometimes if a habit is forming that's self-destructive, nail biting or cutting or um, eating disordered behavior or addictions or obsessive exercise or whatever it might be, it's probably alleviating or distracting from negative emotion. That is, that is true. That's something I talk with my clients about all the time, especially ones who are dealing with like drinking issues, right? Because drinking... You know, alcohol is, is probably the number one anxiety medication. And the, the, the fact of the matter is it works, at least temporarily, right? It will alleviate some anxiety. I would say um, up here it's marijuana. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so whatever, yeah, whatever the drug is, yeah. alleviates the anxiety. And it, it, funct it, it's work it works, it's functional until, until it's not there anymore or until you become dependent on it and have to rely on it for 
in order to to manage that, that becomes your coping skill right yeah it can uh, ultimately it can maybe release some dopamine and and help take the edge off but it's doing some bad things other things to the body right that can have some long-term consequences we have short-term consequences like alcohol may take the edge off in the moment but it uh obviously depletes the body nutrients and makes you feel pretty crummy the next day so mm-hmm. but um so, mm-hmm. yeah go ahead joe i was gonna say so kind of break like breaking it down a bit a habit we almost have this craving would there be a craving an urge and then we get a like a reward from what we do in some with some of these habits like smoking might give you that reward having alcohol might give you that you might have that craving i need to like it almost becomes this you almost crave something with like would you say that like uh, something you do regularly or a habit it's if you don't do it then you miss it and you might have that craving to do that thing yeah Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of circumstances, I think you can make that case. I think some other ones, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes you're just uh, avoiding certain tasks for, yeah. because you want to avoid the discomfort of doing that task, but it's creating a lot of issues for you. Right. Yes. And sometimes I think habits genuinely, like we're talking about negative habits right now, but uh, I think habits, if we were to look at why they were formed in the first place, it's to take pressure off your brain. Like we have so much to think about all the time. Our brain is taking in all the information from our environment and our surroundings. All of the information up from every nerve ending in our body and it's trying to make sense of it all. That's a lot for it to do. Plus it's running our body, you know, our heart and our lungs and our oxygen. And yeah. our so when we create a habit, that we're comfortable with, let's go with putting your socks on. Well, like getting dressed for the day, washing, brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth, having a shower. When you have a shower, you probably wash in the same order. When you're doing the dishes, you probably have a habit of how you load or unload the dishwasher. Mm -hmm. When that behavior becomes habitual, your brain doesn't have to use as much energy to follow that behavior so it kind of frees it up so the Mm -hmm. the formation of habits is very functional Mm. we want them we don't want to get rid of habits it's an implicit mind right the implicit mind is crazy powerful you might have a habit of driving the same way to work right it's just less to think about i use with my clients the the example of learning to drive right no one no one is born with an instinctual ability to drive a car but you have to drill that stuff in and, and, you, and remember when you first drove a car you had to like make sure the radio was off and no one was talking and there's no distractions and you were being very intentional about thinking about okay turn signal you know steering wheel all everything that had to be very intentional as you start to habituate to that uh after a while you feel more comfortable with it and then pretty soon you got the radio on you're eating a hamburger you're <laughs> talking with somebody you're texting don't text when you're driving but you know, people do that stuff. Uh, we just we we are able to adapt that stuff, and it becomes um, second nature, right? Mm-hmm. So so we got to get to the next part, though, which is if you have some some bad habits, is it possible to change them, and how do we go about that? Neuroplasticity. Wow, that's a big word. What does that Our mean? Brains can change. New yeah. pathways can be built. 
they can. How in the world? Some people would say no. What you know? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know? How can someone actually come out of a rut and uh, learn something new? Maybe we should ask Adler. I'm joking. Oh boy, Adler has mm -hmm. more answers. He's up right now. Should we give him a call? Um, yeah, it's a profound message of hope though, that we can change these pathways. For the longest time, within psychology and psychiatry, we didn't think that was the case, right? We thought that the, uh, you know, the patterns we're born with are the patterns we die with, or after a certain age, or your brain is developed and nothing's going to change after that. That's just not true, right? Okay. So, so how does it? How do we go about that? If, if brains can change and habits can change, is there something we can do to make that happen? Yep, diligent and intentional effort. Mm -hmm. Being aware of these habits, yeah, first think, off, it's most simple. Yeah, as Joanna was saying there, and be aware of what are good versus what are maybe unhealthy habits and patterns, right? So, okay. And, and is, there, is there kind of a general idea of what, how we might evaluate that, right? Like, let's say, let's say I'm someone who, I go to the gym uh, 12 times a week, right? I mean, I go several, a couple times a day uh, on some days, and, but at least every day, and I'm there, and I'm in fantastic shape, and I'm, I'm feeling great, right? More than me this year. Good well, job, Ryan. No, I, I, this is not really bad. This is an example, right? It's definitely not me. But let's say that I were that sort of a person. And I have some people there, maybe the people, the other people at the gym, and they're saying, wow, man, you're, you're doing great. Keep it up. You're doing wonderful, right? So I might have some, some folks telling me that this is a great habit to have. I'm working out all the time. So when would I know, how would I, might I draw the line that, that might say, you know, this is not such a great habit, you know? Or let's say I have uh, three glasses of gin every night, you know? And I'm fine, I can still function, I can go to work, you know? How do I tell the difference between a good habit and a bad habit? I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah, uh, a, f a few ideas. One would be, uh, if it starts to impact the key aspects of your life, so your physical well-being, your mental health, your ability to, to work, focus your mind at work, um, then that might be, become an issue. But I guess what you mentioned, Ryan, is sometimes people are functioning, right? They, they have these maybe unhealthy habits, but they still uh, have that balance in their lives. Mm -hmm. So, well, science is, is good for that. You know, I think there's a lot of research being done every day. So curiosity in terms of what is healthy and what isn't. So a bit of a growth mindset. Um, and last thought is, uh, ask someone close to you, um, any, mm. uh, feedback for you. Right. Yeah. And want that feedback. I remember, um, we all know Scott Miller. He's a, a well-known psychologist and he really emphasizes the importance of feedback, right. Within a counseling uh, setting. Um, and a psychologist who, who he knows, I guess, really ask clients, you know, can you give me some feedback in terms of what, you know, is there something I'm doing that you don't like? And the client's like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you make this facial expression that I, I don't, I don't really like. She's like, really? She's like, yeah. And so she was completely shocked by that and looking in the mirror and trying to figure out what uh, the client was talking about. Then her husband came home later on that day and she explained this scenario to him and his reaction was, oh, I hate that facial expression. Uh -huh. 
So it was actually something perhaps that she was doing, which was, I think was um, maybe working against her ability to, um, to, to having obviously impacting her, her therapeutic uh, uh, alliance there. But um, the fact she was so open to feedback led to that opportunity for growth, right? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yes, be open to feedback. So maybe asking friends and family like, hey, uh, do you think that my working out is excessive? Do you think that I'm doing a little too much in this area, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that's, that's good. That's a good start. So, so let's say you determine that you are drinking too much, smoking too much, working out too much, uh, volunteering too much. I don't know if that's possible, but um, you're doing too much of something. It's a habit that seems to be excessive. How can we, other, we talked about awareness, right? So becoming aware of, of the fact that you might be doing that. And there are a lot of people who are aware. They'll come into therapy and say, hey, look, I know I blank too much. You know, I know I gossip too much. I drink too much. I, you know, whatever it might be. So how do we actually get them from that point to making a behavior change? I think that's a loaded question with many answers Ah. be tailored to what is somewhat going on. Like, yes, there, there's a process to change and we can go through that and there's probably some steps, but specific things are going to be different for the individual. Um, Mm -hmm. And depending on what, level how drastic the change needs to be immediately you know but general stuff is setting the intention or setting a goal yeah okay and then coming up with ways to help yourself achieve that goal um so if you want to drink less maybe you're not completely abstaining maybe you want to just drink less then hey there's behavioral things that you can do like not having alcohol in the house or making it more difficult to access that alcohol um, or being accountable, letting your partner know, know your goal and asking them to be supportive so that you're only having that amount um, or that they don't drink with you. Um, replacing where the alcohol would normally be with something else. So like interrupting, because again, at, at some point a habit is gonna feel so automatic that we're trying to interrupt the process that would normally happen. Yeah. So any hiccup or interruption that you could provide for yourself is going to be helpful to remind you of your goal, which will then hopefully lead to, right, okay, I'm going to try not to have this extra, this beer, I'm going to go and have a water instead. Yes, there we go. So reminding yourself of the intention. Now that's a very simplistic way for more easier things, but that, that could be a start. There we go. Um, Yes, I, a couple little thoughts here. One, I had the, the, the pleasure of interviewing a, uh, a guy by the name of Charles Duhigg a couple of years ago, uh, who wrote a book called The Power of Habit. And mm-hmm. his, uh, he's, he's a journalist, he's not a, not a therapist, but he talked to a lot of therapists and a lot of people who were all into this and, and talked about how there's, there's certainly a, a, a moment where there's sort of a trigger, right? Like, and that might be, 
an area of the house, like that's where I keep my alcohol, or it might be a time of day, or it might be a feeling that comes up, something that kind of gets you uh, triggered to go towards your, your standard habit, right? And, and the idea of, of habit change is about realizing or figuring out what it is that, that your habit is trying to cure, right? Like if you're talking about earlier, Brooke, like what is it trying to, to solve? What problem is it trying to solve? And is there another way to solve that? So if I need, if I'm, if I'm anxious and I typically go to something, shopping or pornography or whatever it might be to try to relieve my anxiety, what else can I replace? What else can I put there in that place in order to uh, relieve that same anxiety, right? Maybe it's a meditation app. Maybe it's uh, yoga. Maybe it's something else that will, or vigorous exercise, something else that will replace that. And, and then there's, uh, you know, if, 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 it's a, if it's in the place of the house, like you talked about, Brooke, like you, you put something there that might be uh, a healthier alternative to, to that, right? Just so that it's, it's something that might create an extra step or a barrier between you and that thing that uh, typically trips you up. Yeah, because so. there, there is a term for this as well. It's called energy activation. And so essentially we want to activate energy towards the behavior, the desired behavior. So I know right now we're talking a lot about how to stop negative habits, but part of this is also how do we start positive habits? Right. Let's say you want to come home from work and your habit is you plump down on the couch and you watch TV. Right. So, and instead you want to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is make it harder to watch TV and make it easier to go for a walk. So what can we do for energy activation? The whole theory is like, what is going to generate, what's going to be the, the least amount of energy choice. So if I take the remote and take the batteries out and put the remote somewhere and put the battery somewhere else, and instead maybe you do this the night before and you put your runners right at the coffee table, your sneakers, your, mm -hmm shoes. I don't know what Americans call them. And uh, it's our toque, actually. We call it toque. <laughs> Just checking. I don't know. So then you you put your shoes there, and so when you come home, you sit on the couch, and now you have two choices. You can either like get up, walk across the room, find the batteries, go get the remote, put the batteries in the remote, go back to the couch. Walk. So there's so many steps. Or right. you can put your shoes on and go for a walk. There you go or likely to go for a walk because it's going to take less energy for you to put your shoes on. That's it. That's it. I actually, in the last few months, that's been one of my things. It's, although it's running in the morning. So my thing is I'll go to sleep and I'll wear my, my running shorts and yeah. my, my running oh. shirt when I go to sleep. And yeah. then right in front of my bed are my shoes and my socks and, uh, the little thing that holds my phone on my arm, you know, like I'm all ready to go. So it's like, I have no excuse at that point. Okay, just go. Yeah. There's another thing I, I use with clients too, when it comes to, uh, to trying to start a healthy habit, which I, I just call the five minute rule, right? Which I just tell them, because a lot of times for people doing this whole thing, like going for a workout or writing in a journal or doing meditation or something like that feels overwhelming. Like to do that for an hour or whatever that might be feels overwhelming. So I say, you know, we can do anything for five minutes. So how about you just make, you tell yourself you're just gonna do this for five minutes. 
you're just going to go outside and you're going to walk for five minutes. You're going to jog or you're going to journal or meditate or crochet or whatever you do for five minutes. And most of the time when people kind of have that in their mind, they get through that five minutes and they're like, look, I'm already going. I might as well keep going. Like that's, it's, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. It's the starting that seems to be the problem, right? Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, and I think it's, um, I'm highlighting some stuff that's already been said, but accountability partner can be so beneficial. Yeah. Um, I also think like chance favors the prepared mind. So trying to, as vividly as you can, envision the new habit that you want to create the next day. Mm -hmm. Detail mm -hmm. and the more focus will actually increase the probability of you actually following through with that new habit. I also like to pair the new habit with something I'm already doing that day. So that's kind of, uh, I think Brooke mentioned when you come home from work and you, yeah, what you do is you put those, those shoes on next, right? Yep. Help. Um, you could have little reminders in your phone for things or have little post-its up for different, depending what it is, or you want to work on building a better habit for getting things done time management wise, help yourself with a schedule or. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Rewards, you know, having, uh, mm -hmm. if you're able to, to accomplish um, the task and then reward yourself in, in a positive way, you know, and realistic, realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Realistic goals and, yeah. Also making sure your goals are realistic, right? So that you can build confidence and self-esteem as you move forward. Little, little victories and successes. I also heard uh, someone uh, a researcher encouraged uh, participants to use your opposite hand for doing things. So if you're left-handed, use your right hand to do like to, because it kind of uh, creates a bit of a space there where you're more aware of the patterns that you already have and the habits that you already have. Really? Interesting. So creating a bit of interruption, yeah. So I know we, we're really short on time. I'm just going to share a random story about habits because we all have these mindless habits of putting like milk into cereal but then i was having one of those random days so it wasn't milk it was soup and i, I grabbed a plate instead of a bowl and i poured my soup on a plate wow. <laughs> good but for you really, like grab the things and anyways it was a hot mess day i just wasn't fully aware habits That's, are everywhere everyone they are everywhere in fact we're very happy that some of you are in the habit of listening to the mental health boot camp podcast we, we would like for you to help other people get into that habit as well so please tell some friends or family about the mental health boot camp podcast it's easy to find us on apple google podbean or youtube you can watch us on youtube actually please send your questions or comments to uh, info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Tell friends and wishing everyone a happy Canadian Thanksgiving. And wear your troops, everybody. Good night. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.